to another edition of The Chat. Today, we're going to talk about one of those things that we have to talk about leading up to uh, hurricane season, which is severe weather, Um, because it's not always about hurricanes and events like that, but we can have severe weather all throughout the year, especially in the spring. So Chelsea Sawyer is going to be here to talk about that today. Um, But before we get started, my name is Catherine Glasby. I'm the Public Information Director here at Chatham County. Behind the scenes is Nick Beard. He is our master video producer over there. Hi, Nick. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Yay! Hopefully no severe weather this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no severe weather this week. No severe weather, hopefully all spring um, and going into summer, but we will see. Hi, Abby. Hey, Catherine. Um, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? Good. Um, well, as you mentioned, Chelsea Sawyer is joining us today. She is with Chatham Emergency Management Agency, known as SEMA for short. Um, Chelsea, can you tell us about your title and a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, thanks for having me. Really You're welcome. Excited Thank you be for here. being here. Yeah, longtime listener. Very excited. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, my title is Outreach and Volunteer Coordinator with SEMA. And that is kind of a hodgepodge position. It allows me to do a little bit of public information. It allows me to go out and talk to people within the community and really spread the word of what emergency preparedness is and what people can do to really make a difference and make an impact in their family, but also within their community. Um, I've been with SEMA right about three, three and a half years. Fun fact, I started three weeks before Hurricane Matthew. Nice. Yes. Talk about a... uh... A, a very green team for Hurricane Matthew. Um, I had been here for almost a year, but I had only been the EMA public information officer for about four weeks. Yep. And on top of that, I got married October 1st and I was on my honeymoon for Matthew. Um, and literally the day I got back was the day you left. Yep. Um, to go get married. (laughs) So, so we didn't even see each other until like two weeks after Matthew happened. Um, but yeah, that's a trial by fire for all of us. No kidding. And then we had Irma the year later and Abby and Nick were, were around for Irma. And again, it kind of felt like trial by fire. We had learned a lot from Matthew and learned a lot about messaging to the public, Mm -hmm. but there was still so much more to learn. I think oh, yeah. with every storm we learn. Yeah, uh, we learned with Dorian. Yes. Um, and we keep putting things in place each and every year to try to make it better messaging for our public so that they know what's going on. And you've had a big role in that. Uh, social media is all yours during disasters. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, I, I don't, Social media is a part of our team, but like when we go into a disaster, I'm like, oh, that's Chelsea's. That's Chelsea's. I don't want anything to she do can, with that. She can have it. Yeah, <laughs> go talk to Chelsea. Yeah. Well, see, and it's fun because you mentioned, you know, three different hurricanes that we worked, but we've also had the opportunity to work ice storms mm-hmm. and tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And you guys worked that plane crash happened. Right. Uh, so it seems like from the time you and I both started, and then when Nick and Abby joined, 
to now, like we've had so many different, a wide array of disasters to choose from. I went to, and this is totally off topic, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> I went to um, advanced public information officer up at um, EMI, which is an emergency management institute. And one of the first questions that they ask every PIO in the room is, how many disasters have you worked? How many times have you been in a JIC? And that's a joint information center. Um, and that's primarily where PIOs are during a disaster. And I think they they were like, well, over three. And I raised my hand. And there were a couple others that raised their hand. And they were like, over five. And you know, there's my <laughs> hand again. And then we, we got up to like seven and I'm still raising my <laughs> hand. And, and the instructor finally said, how many have you worked? And I was like, I don't know. I lost count at about 14. <laughs> and I said, my, my last one was yesterday, right before I left, because we had had a tornado out on Oatland Island. Yep. And 12 hours later, I was on a plane to Maryland um, to go to this class. And they were like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> you have a little bit of experience with this. And I was like, yeah, but you know, there's something to learn every single time. It truly is. And you just can't possibly even know everything that you need to know. And every storm's different. It every is. every event event is different yep. because how we message for a tornado is different than how we're going to message for an ice storm, mm -hmm. which is how different than a, a hurricane or yeah. a tropical storm. And then you start to bring in other things like man-made incidents, like mm -hmm. active shooter. I mean, oh, yeah. that totally, bomb threat. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a totally different way that you would message that out to the community. Mm -hmm. So right. you're constantly changing how you're pushing things out and how you tell people to prepare for them as well. It, and it is, and it's, it's vast. And it's, you know, every time you, you have a guide that we go by, we have a plan. Yep. We work that plan, but there's also this side of it, Abby, where we're like, okay, well, that isn't going to work in this situation. <laughs> so what are we going to do? Yeah. Or the events of the event are just a little bit different and it's like, okay, well this, this no longer fits. So what yeah. are we going to do now? Yep. And we, we literally have to make those decisions on the fly mm -hmm. right then, right there. There's no, Oh, well let me go back and flip through the plan yeah. and see what I should do. No, yeah. it's, um, it's decisions that you have to make in that moment that will change the trajectory of how that disaster is going to work too. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's insane. And no matter how much we plan, how much we prepare, a lot of it comes down to, Having our residents and our visitors already be prepared. Absolutely. Yes. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today in this podcast for severe weather is how can people be prepared already um, so that you don't have to have 18 hours to prepare for a storm. Mm -hmm. You can cut that down to 12 hours because you already have some of the stuff ahead of time. Absolutely. So let's, let's, kick this off really and truly. And let's talk about the first thing that people should do. Yeah. So I think one of the first things, regardless of the type of disaster that you're talking about is you need to have a kit and that kit, that emergency kit can be anything that you want it to be. It can be just a box of supplies that you would keep in a tornado safe area. It could be a box of food, box of water. Um, if you've got small kids, you have to think, how are you going to entertain a two-year-old when you're mm -hmm. sitting in a tornado shelter and you're inside of your home? It's got to have some puzzles or some toys mm -hmm. or some an iPad that you keep charged, something to keep them occupied and entertained, because otherwise you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. right. um, so that kit can be, like I said, anything that you want it to be, but go ahead and create your emergency kit and have it ready to go. 
And if people need to know what should be in an emergency kit, that's on your website. Absolutely. So we we typically focus towards uh, the idea of a hurricane kit on our mm-hmm. website. So that's more of like a we call it like a bug out kit. So you can take what you need and then immediately get out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're talking about severe weather, you really want something uh, that you can keep that would keep you occupied in your home. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit different, but the idea is still the same. You mm-hmm. want to make sure that you have the things that you need to be able to keep you safe. Something that you don't think about too, when you're specifically talking about severe weather, is if you've got a small child, you're going to be putting them in this tornado safe area. And I, I hope that we'll get a chance to talk about tornado Mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, but in this tornado safe area in your home, but how are you going to protect their head? Uh, a lot of times it doesn't hurt to take a helmet and right. the same helmet that they have in the garage for riding their bicycle. If you keep it in that tornado safe area, you're likely to protect their head if something were to come crashing down during a severe weather incident. Yes. Yeah, so that's something that actually, um, it was either you or someone else with SEMA that they shared that little tip with me. So I made sure to get a, a small helmet for her, for my baby. Yep. Well, she was a baby then now she's a toddler, but it still fits her. Um, because I wanted to know that I could grab that, put it, put it on her head and then we could quickly go into a safe area. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think also people have to remember to have a kit for their pets. Oh, definitely. So if you are a pet owner, you need to be a responsible pet owner. And there are so many people that just don't think about that. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, no, my pet will just eat what I eat. Well, do you really want your pet eating your canned tuna that you (laughs) are so excited about? Or do you want your pet to have food that they're accustomed to? Yeah. Uh, And I think the answer for everyone is is food that they're accustomed to, things that they're used to. They need a comfort item Mm -hmm. just as much as a toddler needs a comfort item because they're going to be stressed, they're going to be scared, and they're going to feel those same emotions that you are. So having things that are pre-identified and ready to go for them are fantastic when you're inside of your home. And then Mm -hmm. also, of course, when you're evacuating, that's Mm -hmm. a whole separate deal. You know, making sure that you have your leash and your collar and and a crate, if they fit into a crate or some sort of way to keep Mm -hmm. them kind of near you is really going to be important. And I know for, for my animals, um, cause I'm a crazy pet mom. Um, I'm a crazy dog mom, crazy cat mom. <laughs> um, everybody who knows me knows that about me. Um, but they, I have extra food that's set aside in a sack that all I have to do is pick it up. Yep. Um, I have their, their favorite toys. I have copies of their favorite toys because we can't take their favorite toys from them no. now, but we have, we have extras. Um, their favorite blanket. Both of my dogs love blankets and they each have their own and by God, don't, don't take them anywhere without their blanket. Oh, absolutely. Um, They go everywhere with their blanket. Kind of crazy. They're not Um, spoiled at all. No, no, not my babies. (laughs) Not at all. But you got to have those things. I mean, just like you would prepare for your child, Mm -hmm. you have to prepare for your pets. Yep. Um, So I, I think that's really important. What else do we need to know about making, making a kit? You know, making a kit, I I think there's always going to be suggestions. SEMA has it on their website, on our website. FEMA has one. American Red Cross has one. I think the most important thing to remember when you're making a kit is to make it for yourself. Don't Mm -hmm. go on to Amazon. Don't go Mm -hmm. on to any of these box stores and purchase a kit that's pre-made. One, you never know how your stomach's going to handle foods that have been Mm -hmm. created that way. And two, those aren't items that you use on a regular basis. The shampoo and conditioner that I use may not be the same that you use. And 
I don't really think that in the middle of a disaster, it's a good time to test it because what if you have an allergic reaction to it? What <laughs> right? if there's yeah. something that happens? You don't need to add that compounded stress. Just keep it basic. Keep it simple. Make it things that you use on a consistent basis and you'll be that much happier during a disaster. So part of you were mentioning, we're talking about kits, but you also want to make sure that you have a plan in place um, if there if some severe weather occurs, uh, what are some, some thoughts about how you might go about making a plan? A plan similar to a kit, you want to make it specific to your family. So you think about where you guys are on, on a regular day. So Mm -hmm. let's say there is a disaster. Let's use a tornado Mm -hmm. that we're potentially going to have that day. We're under a tornado watch. You and your spouse may be separated. Your child may be at daycare, child may be at school. Mm -hmm. You're animals may be at home. You need to have a plan of how you're going to be able to reunite your family and what that is going to look like and how you're going to communicate that with one another. So if that's as simple as me contacting my spouse to let him know, hey, you need to go pick up our daughter from daycare because I've got to do this. Mm -hmm. That's something that we have to work through. Mm -hmm. Um, But making sure that you guys will be able to talk to one another or at least have an idea of where you can meet. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to think too, if we had a large scale tornado that came through the middle of downtown Savannah, communication may be shut off. Your cell phones may not work. You may not be able to use landlines or things that you're accustomed to using. So having a pre-designated area that you know to go to and you know to meet at, that makes it that much easier. My husband and I laugh. Our meeting place is at a Publix Mm -hmm. because one, if we're stressed, we're going to want to eat some cake. (laughs) Two, it makes it that much easier because you can gather supplies. Mm -hmm. You know that that's a safe place for you to be able to go to. And it's it's easy and identifiable, and you're going to be able to connect with someone there. Mm -hmm. Um, Plenty of parking, too. Plenty of parking, absolutely. Um, But that's just communication plans, family emergency plans, they can be as simple or as complex as you want them to be, but just start working through how you're going to think through a disaster like that. And that, that's really just the, the start of it. I know one of the things that when I first started getting involved with SEMA, someone mentioned, and I, at first I was kind of like, oh, that's, that's, that's a lot of work, but we actually implemented it in the last storm and it worked well for us. Um, And that was having an out-of-town contact. So we made that contact, my grandmother, um, who's in another state. Yep. Um, And so all four of my family members that are here had that phone number. And you could, if we got separated, we could call my grandmother and say, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm okay. This is where I am. And when I called my grandmother, then she could say, Okay, well, I've heard from your husband. I've heard from your mother-in-law. I haven't heard from your mother. Have you heard from your mother? And, you know, that that kind of thing so that we could keep track of each other. Because like you said, sometimes cell service doesn't work yep. where the event actually happened. But you might be able to get a message in another way to that out-of-town contact that then they can make sure that everybody else knows that you're okay. Or if they haven't heard from somebody, then they can raise the alarm. Um, So I think that's a big, like I said, at first when I heard that, I was like, oh, whatever. (laughs) And then I thought, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, that's actually a very reasonable idea. Um, Luckily for us, our cell service never went down Mm -hmm. during the last storm, during Dorian. So 
I was able to get in touch with my husband who was out of town with our, our pets. I was able to get in touch with my mom and my mother-in-law mm-hmm. and my grandmother. So I knew everybody was okay and they all knew that I was okay. But if it had been Hurricane Michael in Florida, mm-hmm. yep. they went months without cell service. And in some areas, they still don't have cell service as of the recording of the show. Yeah. Um, so you never know how bad it's going to be or what kind of infrastructure an event will take out. Yeah. And your family just wants to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Right. Um, when it comes to your out of area contact, my advice is to always pick the nosiest person in your family <laughs> that is going to be calling you anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Mine is, is inevitably my mom. Um, right. you know, she is up North and she's going to want to know what's going on. She's going to be calling my husband and I anyway, right. asking all these questions. So mm-hmm. just go ahead and, and keep them in the loop. And the difference is the area code on your, on your cell phone when you think about it. So if you have a 912 area code, your spouse has a 912 area code and someone that even if they're farther way has that same 912 area code that is going to it's going to cause problems they have a different area code 757 a 404 a 678 that's going to allow those towers the way that cell phone towers work it's going to push that message it's going to allow that phone call to go through a little bit easier because they're not in that affected area code right and you, you we've seen this in other major disasters within the the country where the cell phone services get overloaded yep. with everybody trying to get that message out. Mm-hmm. So even sometimes instead of calling, sending a text message works because yeah. they use different networks sometimes. Absolutely. So that's also an option. Yeah. One, well, it's also um, with Facebook, I know you can mark yourself safe. So that might also be a good way if you're not able to, if you're able to have access to the app. Because I, I know sometimes I, it was easier for me to go on an app and mm-hmm. see what was going on. Um, so then you can let everyone know that you're safe if you're unable to send a text message or, or whatever at that time. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And social media plays such a huge role when it comes to disaster preparedness and mm-hmm. when a disaster is happening these days. To include that is brilliant, Abby. So awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about ways to be informed. We've had several events here like tornadoes that have happened so suddenly that sometimes what we think is going to be our first line of communication isn't the first line of communication. Yeah. Um, And I'm talking about sirens and things like that, Mm -hmm. but there's so many other ways to be informed about when you go under a tornado watch or a warning or a severe Mm -hmm. thunderstorm warning or something like that. What are some of those ways? Yeah. So I think the first thing um, we'd love for people to sign up for SEMA alerts. Those are our text message alerts. It's a great way for you to, really figure out what's going on in our community. I think in this day and age, to not have a way to be notified of, of disaster events, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, we live in such a technology-driven age that you need those things. But it doesn't necessarily have to be SEMA's text message systems. There are apps, as Abby said earlier, sometimes apps are easier to, to go in and navigate. So mm-hmm. there's apps from your favorite weather, uh, weather channel, um, someone that you watch on the news every single night, they have apps too. Mm -hmm. Um, So find a way to stay informed. Uh, There's also the NOAA weather radio uh, that we highly encourage people to get, but those are only as good as the National Weather Service Mm -hmm. in pushing out some of those alerts and notifications. Sure. 
And sometimes things happen faster than they can see them. Absolutely. So you think back to a tornado that happened, I think it was about a year or a year and a mm-hmm. half ago. Uh, they couldn't even get a tornado warning out quick enough. Right. People were watching the tornado happen mm-hmm. and then the warning was issued. Um, but sirens and stuff like that wouldn't go off. Mm-hmm. So one, keeping aware of your of the situation around you, we call it situational awareness, just mm-hmm. being aware of what's going on and what to do during a disaster situation is always going to be your first line of defense. And then finding ways that you can be notified uh, if it's through an app, if it's through a text message, through a weather radio, um, those are always going to be your, your first two lines of defense. And, and uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say having multiple notifications yeah. is yeah. not a bad thing. That's it's what not... I was going to say. Yeah. I have multiple apps um, to let me know what's going on. And usually I'm our, I mean, usually we're working a disaster and we know that it's, it's coming our way, but um, I, I often like to see, like to test how the different apps work to just kind of know what other um, citizens are experiencing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we had one, um, yeah, I used to work for the American Red Cross. So I have the American Red Cross disaster, or I think they call it an, an emergency app. Mm-hmm. And when we go into a tornado warning, it sets off sirens in the middle of the night. Um, and that had happened. And then mm-hmm. a few minutes later, I started to receive all of these others. So it's crazy how the same product pushed mm-hmm. by the National Weather Service can interact with these different interfaces entirely differently. Mm-hmm. It also depends on how big their list is. Yep. So if they have 40,000 people, on their list of people to notify because mm-hmm. you have signed up for it in an app, it might take you a little while to get that notification. So having multiple mm-hmm. notifications is a good plan. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, so you were mentioning about uh, a wa- watching a warning. You mentioned a tornado warning. Um, so let's talk a little bit about a different, the differences between those things, because I know um, there's, uh, you know, there's thunderstorm watches and warnings. There's tornado watches and warnings, hurricane watches and warnings. Can you kind of break some of that down for us? Yeah, absolutely. So I think since we're, we're talking about tornadoes, let's, I think that's easiest to start there. So a tornado watch means that all of the conditions are there mm-hmm. to make it possible for a tornado to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I often I often laugh. I had someone that worked with me last year. Um, she always referred to tornado watches and warnings as cupcake watches and cupcake warnings. And she broke it down. It was, it was beautiful. A cupcake watch, similar to a tornado watch, is you have all of the ingredients to make a cupcake. You have your flour, you've got your sugar, you've got your frosting and everything mm-hmm. that you need to make that cupcake. Same thing with a tornado. You've a tornado watch. You have everything there to make it possible. A tornado warning and a cupcake warning is there is a cupcake right in front of me. Right there, it is imminent. It is here and it is causing destruction. Yes. On yes, thank you, Nick. <laughs> it is causing destruction right here. Yeah. That cupcake is here or that tornado is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an easy way to explain it to kids, to explain it to anybody. That really makes sense. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fantastic because when you relate food to natural disasters, people pay a little bit more attention to. That's right. I know, I certainly do. Uh, yeah. In fact, I'm hungry right now. Hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that cupcake sounds really right? good. I need a cupcake warning. <laughs> um, but no, that makes it just a little bit easier for people to understand mm-hmm. uh, that a tornado warning means that something is happening right now mm-hmm. or it is about to, mm-hmm. whereas a tornado watch is just 
you need to be aware that it is absolutely possible. So tornado watches can be issued for six or seven hours and can stretch, you know, a a really long period of time. Whereas a tornado warning is really only going to be a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It could maybe be 10 to 12 minutes, almost at max, uh, because that's when they're expecting that circulation to kind of take hold and take place. Um, I think this is also a good, good time to insert about warning sirens. Absolutely. Um, Because I, I remember when I first started here uh, with the County, we had sirens go off for a a tornado warning and I was in my house Mm -hmm. and there was a, there's a, the siren probably about mm, maybe 1.2 miles away from, from my house. And I came in the next day complaining because I was like, I didn't hear that siren. I didn't hear that siren. And the response I got back was, you're not supposed to. Right. Because you're not outside. If you're inside, you should get it through a different source. Absolutely. You're not meant to hear those sirens inside. Some of us do hear them, but that isn't their purpose. Absolutely. So they are called outdoor warning sirens by design. Uh, they are meant to, when you think of Chatham County, and you know, you guys have talked about this time and time again on the chat, um, you think of outdoor, you think of recreation, you think of all the different parks and, and resources that we have. That's why we have outdoor warning sirens is because of those types of venues. So they're strategically placed in areas around the county that have high outdoor volume. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're meant to be heard so that if you hear that siren while you're outside, you know to seek shelter immediately because something is happening or it's a, it's a test and you know, you need to call and figure out what's going on. Um, But the idea isn't that you could hear them inside of your house. You have to think if you wanted to hear everything going on outside on a regular basis, that that's ridiculous. Like your house would not be proofed enough um, that you wouldn't be able to hear those things. So if you were to hear a siren inside of your house at all times that it went off, if it were 1.2 miles away, right. think of all the other things that you would hear. Cats meowing outside. <laughs> you would hear every train that went by ever. Cars that were they're just yep. driving by six miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, houses are built so that they don't allow some of those sounds in. Um, so it's really not that strange that, that sirens can't be heard inside. Right. So let's talk about severe thunderstorms. Ooh, severe thunderstorms. We get a lot of those. We do. We sure do. Yeah, so there there is a, a slight difference between thunderstorms that we just get on a regular summer, spring day, and then mm-hmm. that severe thunderstorm. And severe thunderstorm is really... Um, what they kind of break it down as if, if you have hail included or if you have winds that are greater than 58 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are going to be kind of the two things that really kind of push it above and beyond to that severe status. Um, and severe, same thing with watch and warning, severe thunderstorm watch is that kind of the ingredients are there. It's likely it's mm-hmm. possible. Whereas a warning is there is an imminent threat um, and that something is about to happen. Yeah. Um so we, we often get another warning here or watch here. Um, actually, I guess technically it's neither of those things. It's a statement. But we get special weather statements a lot. 
What does that mean? Yeah, so a special weather statement is really kind of like the National Weather Service's way of saying something is going to happen, but it doesn't necessarily fall into one of these categories of it's not really a a, a severe thunderstorm watch. It's not really a tornado watch, but it's something that we generally feel that you need to look out for. Um, and that is where this idea of a special weather statement came from. Um, in those, they'll have descriptions that will say, you know, this is kind of what we're thinking. We're thinking it's going to be um, a thunderstorm that may potentially produce tornadoes mm -hmm. or isolated tornadoes is what they like to say. Um, so it's really just kind of this differential between um, not really a, a watch or a warning, but something that you want to definitely keep your eye out on. I know sometimes it'll say that there's going to be some heavy fog or something like that. So then you yep. know, okay, well, I may need to be a little more careful driving today because it might be harder to see. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think the probably the, the take home for me in that is that if I get a special weather statement, I need to be prepared to enact this plan. Yep. Because something could happen. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you have to be scared all the time, mm -hmm. but you just need to be prepared. And, and that's your first cue that you need to be paying attention. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I, I think that we, we get those statements a lot. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure that we cover that going into our severe weather week yeah. Um, and going into, when I say severe weather week, we're, we're talking about severe weather. We're not having severe weather. Right. Let's yeah. hope. Let's hope. <laughs> um, but as we go into spring, when it's much more likely that we'll have those statements, I just want people to know what they are. Well, and speaking of the severe weather week, you're having severe weather preparedness week that's happening. Yep. Um, so what will that involve? Yeah, so Severe Weather Preparedness Week is really just trying to get people to pay a little bit more attention to this idea of severe weather. So okay. exactly what we're talking about today. So they have different themes that will happen each day that will be pushed out on social media and across the state. Mm -hmm. uh, so that could include thunderstorm safety, tornado safety, lightning safety, and then of course, flood safety, um, mm -hmm. which flooding is, is definitely a concern here in Savannah and Chatham County. Um, so those are all things that they start to think about and making sure that you have a way to be notified, you know how to prepare for disruptions that could happen mm -hmm. at any point. Um, so that's really the, the focus of Severe Weather Preparedness Week is, is really just to get you thinking about the idea of severe weather. Okay. And how can people follow along with Severe Weather Week or Severe Weather Preparedness Week? I'm never going to get this right. <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee today. Um, how can people know about that? Is that something that they can follow on your social media? Absolutely. So if you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're at Chatham EMA. And uh, that's one way to, to figure out what's going on. Also have things on our website and we'll be posting things uh, throughout the week. Try to just try to make sure that people are aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and this is pushing all the way up through the state. So you should see other, if you're not from Chatham County, you don't live in Chatham County, uh, surrounding counties are also participating. So mm -hmm. Effingham and Bryan and Liberty, they'll all be participating in that severe weather preparedness week as well. And this is a national initiative as well. It's a national initiative, but Georgia always has its own separate week. So not necessarily will every state participate this week. Mm -hmm. um, it's really based off of when you'll see severe weather most likely in your area. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, different states will pick different times of year that they're more likely to see some of that severe weather. 
And ours is the first week of February, correct? It is. That is correct. All right. So that's, that's coming up really soon. Yeah. Um, so people need to, to go ahead and get in our social media, get information. All that's really important. You can always go to um, chathamemergency.org to get yeah. more information, get more information on those kits, how to make a plan, all those things. Abby, we're, it's, it's time to wrap up for the day. So final thoughts? Um. I've just enjoyed having you here uh, joining our show, and um, I really hope that people have gotten some good tips on how to keep themselves safe and prepared, um, because it does seem we have a lot of crazy weather here in Chatham County. Absolutely. Nicholas, any Um, uh, final thoughts? No, just again, I appreciate having Chelsea here. I'm quite sure we have you back on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's just so much that SEMA does. You really can't cover it all in one episode. So oh, no. yeah. I look forward to having you back on here again to ask you a lot more questions about your guys' everyday activities. Awesome. Chelsea, final thoughts for the day? Anything the public needs to know? Anything you need to push out there? No, I think uh, just find a way to be prepared and whatever that means for you. Uh, just find a way to do it and and just make Chatham County just a little bit more resilient because if you take that step, maybe your neighbor would consider taking that step or your friends or family, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to be that much stronger of a community. And we are a Chatham strong community. Um, We're a hurricane strong community. We are. Um, So those those are all things that you can find out more about, I'm sure, on our website. Um, but we, we are a very resilient community. Mm-hmm. So when disaster strikes, we, we come back real quick. We know what we need to do because we're prepared and we can't ask for a better community for that than this one. Absolutely. Um, so my final thought for the day, um, obviously thank you, Chelsea, for being here. Uh, we will definitely be having you back for preparation for hurricane season. All right. Um, I, I hate to even think about another hurricane season coming up. Oh yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> Um, but th- this time, knock on wood, we're not going to have any activations for, for 2020. Uh, let's hope. Um, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um, so thank you guys for joining us today on the chat. And we'll see you again next time. 